Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republican Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Strap yourselves in, put the kettle on, open the curtains and prepare yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. For the next three hours, we will bring you all the latest news, the newest developments and the most up-to-date advice on the coronavirus pandemic. Today, we will be finding out precisely what rights you have if your employer is making you continue to come into work against the advice of the government, what you can do if you feel that you must be allowed to stay at home and exactly where you stand as a self-employed person. We're still waiting uh, for the government to actually come out and give you the precise nature of what it is that you will be able to be paid if in fact you are self-employed and you aren't able to go to work any longer. Also we'll be checking in with the Institute of Motor Industry to answer your questions about MOT testing, car servicing and what you can do if you need to drive around. The Department of Transport has just issued uh, some new guidance on MOT so we'll be bringing you that as well. Plus we'll be talking to Barrister Jason Haddon about what you do about child custody problems in this difficult time. Uh, we had somebody on the phone yesterday towards the end of the show uh, who had one particular dilemma about whether uh, her, his partner who has a child with somebody else should be sending that child away to the uh, father of the child who lives three or four hours away. So all these kinds of problems that you've got, uh, if you need any help with anything, by all means, please do give us a call 0344 499 1000. We want to hear from all of you uh, because you are the voices of reason and the voices of common sense and you are our eyes and our ears. All week we've been getting some incredible information from all of you out there on the front line, whether you work for the NHS, whether you've seen the travel restrictions that are going on, whether police are beginning to stop people from moving around quite as much. The streets this morning somehow very much quieter in London than they were just even yesterday. Uh, but do please call us if you have any worries or if you just want to talk to us as well because you're sitting there uh, in self-isolation all on your own. 0344 499 1000. Later on, after the success of yesterday's homeschooling section, I'm delighted to say that we are joined by Carol Vorderman later on with her online maths classes she'll sort out all your problems and we'll bring you the final prime minister's questions for the foreseeable future after today parliament will basically shut down for at least four weeks and possibly longer and as usual we are live streaming on youtube on facebook and on twitter get on it right now 0344 499 1000 you'll listen to me mike graham right here on the fastest growing radio station in the world it is of course talk radio mid-morning with mike graham talk radio 
Now, no doubt uh, your life has changed dramatically over the past three to four days. We've still got one or two idiots out there doing things which are really, really quite remarkably stupid up in the West Midlands. There were people having a barbecue yesterday. They had to be kind of broken up by the police. It seems as though the police at the moment are being relatively light-handed, should we say, uh, around people who are out when they shouldn't be. They're basically telling them not to uh, uh, hang around in groups. They're basically telling them to disperse. And at some point or other during the course of this day, People are being asked why they're out, and if they don't have a very good reason, they're being told to go home. Remember, if you are an essential worker, and that still uh, has people arguing about precisely who that is, you are still allowed to go out and go to work. If you can't work from home, you are still allowed to go out and work. But if you can work from home, and if you can stay home, you are being basically recommended to do so. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Let's talk to Philip Landau, uh, who's an employment lawyer from Landau Law Solicitors. Philip, a very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Mike. So, this is a very interesting time, isn't it, for people? Because definitions are everything, really, and it seems... It's changing by, by the hour, not well, even yeah. the day, Mike. Well, quite. But... And, I mean, the, the, the term essential worker seems to have very many, re, uh, very many kind of uh, explanations, doesn't it? Well, the government haven't actually sort of dealt with this, you know, particularly well in terms of what an essential worker is or not. But the fact of the matter is, and what underpins everything, is that if you are not a key worker or if you're not one of these businesses that have been forced to close, you know, the restaurants, the pubs, the cafes, mm. then they are saying if you, if you do need to go to work, um, then and where this is absolutely necessary and you cannot work from home, then you can. And that's why you're still seeing people on the tubes and the buses. Right. Because it's that rump end of if you don't fall into that category of, of, of sort of uh, businesses that have to close and you're not a key worker, you know, the sort of the hospitals and the healthcare, you're everybody else, and your employer is saying to you, you can't work from home, we don't have the means or the setup for you to work from home. For example, you might be working with machinery, you might be working with particular software or infrastructures, we cannot accommodate home working, you have to come to work, and that raises problems by itself, because you've got individual employees, and yes. I've seen this so many times over the last few days with inquiries I'm receiving, with these individual employees saying, but I don't want to come to work. Mm. I don't want to catch the virus. I don't want to put myself at risk. Right. And, and, and people should be allowed to make that decision, should they not, well, without risk, uh, without res sort of, you know, well, putting is, at risk their payment? Well, this is really important, Mike. Um, every employer, notwithstanding this crisis or not, has a duty to provide a safe place of work. Yeah and take reasonable, practical steps to protect your health and safety. So that includes, in this case, you know, conducting risk assessments in relation to the, to the virus, identify whether there's anything about the business or workplace that puts a particular employee at risk of being infected, et cetera, et cetera. That underpins every single employment relationship. So you then move on from that to an employer saying, yep, I've done that, I've done the best that I can, I'm keeping people, you know, two metres apart, I'm... I'm within the confines of the workplace there's nothing more else i can do but you still need to come in right and then the individuals the employees out there have to make a decision do they say fine but i'm not coming in anyway because i simply cannot take that risk or do they do they you know you know by 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 sort of force really they they have to go in because they they don't want to put their pay at risk and the situation there mike is 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 this Normal employment law rules generally apply. If you are not presented with any difficulties in terms of you do not need to self-isolate, you are not living with somebody that needs to self-isolate, you 
may have to go into work and you may not have a choice. Right. Okay. If you do not, then your employer can turn around and say to you, well, if you don't, then I'm not paying you sick pay. Your absence without leave. Yeah. And this could be a disciplinary matter. That's the normal employment law rules. They could do that. Um, you would then have a discussion with them saying, look, can I not work from home? Is that, can we come to an amicable resolution? Because yeah. I don't want to, to lose out on, on any pay at all. Yeah. The employer, at the end of the day, turns around and says, well, actually, no. Then you may find yourself without a job, being suspended, uh, you know, hold it a disciplinary, et cetera, et cetera. Now, but if, for example, that was to be the case, right, would the employer not then have been duty-bound to, say, take the government's 80% money to pay that person? Well, that 80% money is only if you are proposing as an employer um, to, to otherwise have laid that person off. Right. Because there's no work for them. Right. And then... There has to be no work, and you would have had to have, have, have otherwise let the person go. So, in other words, it only say, works... Yeah, but where there's work, the furlough, the 80%, doesn't apply right. because so, there's so, work to do. So it only works as long as the company is more or less shut down? Well, it depends what the definition of shutting down is. Does shutting down mean no work coming in at all, or does shutting down mean you know, the, work, the, the, the workplace is shut down? Right. There are, there are operations still continuing... Mm. But well, so in we, your view then, Philip, should the government make an, a, an amendment to this, which is that if your company is still employing you and they wish for you to come into work but you are uh, unable or uneasy about doing so, they should then make that 80% payment available to you? Well, I think that's going to be very difficult because every individual circumstance is, is, is different. The, company, the government doesn't want the country to shut down. Right. They don't want... that. This is why they've kept this sort of general, you know, if you have to go into work and you can't do it from home, then so be it, but you've got to be really careful, et cetera, et cetera, because otherwise everyone will take advantage of that mm. and every employee will say, just pay me my 80%, I'm not coming into work, yeah. and the country will grind to a halt. Mm. So it is... Very, very difficult to, to fine-tune this, and it's going to be what's appropriate in every single industry and in every single workplace environment. And, and, the, and, you know, between employer and employee, mm. they have to try and get their heads around and, and work it out. Yes, but, but, but what there isn't, I suppose, is there isn't room for employers who are not being fair and who are not being practical, because we had a call yesterday from a guy um, mm. who was going to work every day because his employer was asking him to come to work. He works as a, I think, a, a, a pipe lagger or something like that. Um, but he said it's not, as far as he's concerned, essential work, but if he doesn't come in, he doesn't get paid. But he, yeah. this guy lives with his two elderly parents who are both in their 70s. Mm. And I said to him, well, that seems crazy. Yeah. You know? yeah, no, it does. It does present itself with difficulty, but it, it comes back to this point about essential work. Mm. The government are not saying only essential work; they are simply saying, you know, if you if you cannot work from home, then you know you can go in where this is absolutely necessary. Right. These are the businesses that haven't been ordered to close. Right. Now that, that might that might not be essential work in the sense of you know essential. Well, it's not work. key work. I think it's we have not, to determine no, between the two, don't we? not a key worker right. and this is what i was saying to start with this is the rump end of not a key worker not businesses that have simply shut down businesses that are still continuing still have operations yeah and the employers will be saying it is absolutely necessary because i need to keep my my, my operation running exactly so, well, and this is what we're seeing work from home so it is necessary well this is what we're seeing philip on the tubes at the moment because as you mm. know um, sadiq khan is coming under a lot of heat because he's uh, shut down uh, partially shut down the tube so there's not as many trains as there used to be. Yeah. People are now crowding onto the trains. But, you know, before I stopped using the tubes, I would use the tube every morning. And most people that 
that at around that eight o'clock in the morning time are people who clearly have sort of manual jobs, people who are going to work because they can't simply do the job from anywhere else other than where they have to go. Yes. Yep, and so they, yep. would, they would say that's an essential job. Well, the, they, they would say that's an essential job, yes. And they but need whatever, the money. But whatever definition is put on essential, the, the most important and underlying factor is that that employment is still continuing, the, yeah. empl the, the, the business is still running, and the person needs, needs to be there because the employer's told them they need right. to be there. Now, you know, we, we could step back and say, yeah, but it's not essential that you do that job. Nothing's going to turn on it in terms of the mm. wider, wider world. Mm. But, but that's, that's, I think that's missing the point. It, it is simply employer remains open, employee cannot work from home, Therefore, employee needs to go in, yeah. and and therefore, you know, whatever you label it as essential or not, that is the, the set of circumstances that is presenting itself right. with people going into work on the tube. Exactly, and I mean, we're going to be talking later on in the show about the car business because I got a lot of inquiries yesterday from people because it's that time of year when people have to renew their MOT uh, basically and to get the certificates done. And people were saying to me, "Should I be allowed to? Am I allowed to drive to get my MOT test done?" Mm. Uh, similarly, people working in garages saying, "You know, am I supposed?" to still go to work it's not really labeled as an essential workplace but you know at the moment yeah. nobody's very very sure what's going on the department no, no, of transport no. today have come out and said that you can basically as long as you uh, if you need an mot after the 30th of march uh, you can have a holiday but until that moment you can still go out and get them yes yeah no absolutely absolutely I, I, every every sort of facet of life is going to present itself with these sort of challenges and difficulties. Yeah. one of the things mike i did want to mention and highlight sure. is that if you, if you have, a, 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 for example, a respiratory disorder or disability mm. that, uh, as an employee or you are caring for somebody with a, with a disability and you're living with them, yeah. then employees do need to be a lot more careful because if they do not um, make what, what would, is commonly known as reasonable adjustments for, the, for those individuals, yeah. then that could be discriminatory and you could find a lot of claims going forward. Right. That, so... So it's really important, I think, for, for, for listeners, that if you have any form of disability, that does elevate you to a different... Yes. Well, how um, about the case I, I, I mentioned to you, which was the guy who was going into work with two elderly parents living in his house? Surely mm. that would count as somebody who should be given permission well, to stay home. Well, that's, that's a difficult one, because the, the parents are elderly, right. but they don't have an illness, nor does, nor does the individual. No, they, but they're, they're an at-risk group. They're so. an at-risk group, yes, and that is an extremely grey area at the moment, as whether that would apply mm. in terms of the, you know, the, the necessary obligations on an employer. Right. Uh, it wouldn't normally apply, but, of course, in these circumstances, you know, it, it's undetermined whether well, exactly. that, that would apply or not. And Matt Hancock did say yesterday in the House of Commons that not only would they be willing to fine individuals who did not do what they were being asked to do, but they could also fine companies as well. Yes. So I don't know how, what, you know, what the framework would be for that. And as you say, it's a very complex area. We haven't got a lot more time, Philip, so let's talk a bit about the self-employed. Um, what are you hearing as well, far as the government is concerned we on don't, that? Mike, it's, it's really difficult, very difficult for me to comment on the self-employed because we don't know what's, what's happening yet. Obviously, at the moment, they're not... Uh, within the sort of the the, the benefits mm. arena, if you like, that, that they've, they've uh, rolled out for employees in relation to the 80% underpinning of uh, of salaries. Uh, why is it, it taking them so long to do that, though, would be my question. Well, I, I think they... I mean, the self-employed have always been treated differently. And there's always been blurred lines also between, you know, are you genu genuinely self-employed or not? Uh, you remember all the Uber cases, Mike, yeah. and the delivery cases, you know, work. Are they, are, what is their actual employment status, regardless of the label they put on themselves and how they pay tax? And 
it's always been a bit of a minefield in employment law terms. And I think the, the, the government has simply sort of, it's easier to deal with the, the more um, uh, usual employment practices, even though there's five million self-employed, of course, mm. but of, of, of treating an employee and who is on PAYE and dealing with the statutory sick pay, which is much easier to, to roll out because you're on PAYE, than dealing with self-employed where, you know, they're, they're obviously under a different regime, tax regime, et cetera, et cetera, and how they, how they deal with these individuals. They shouldn't be treated differently. I have absolute sympathy for the five million self-employed in the UK, but the government have to get their head around how they how they bring them into the um, the forum as well to, to help them. So. Yeah, exactly right. I've got a tweet here from somebody called Marcus who says, Mike, this is such an important message to get out there. The 80% payments are not available yet. The HMRC website even says they have no way of delivering it yet and are working on it. It's a shambles because employees think it's there and it isn't. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure yet whether anybody's taking these these, these things up yet, but what, no. would you, what would your advice be no, to anyone? No, nobody knows yet how it's going to work in practice, yeah. how it's going to be claimed, when it's going to be claimed, how quickly Quickly, it's going to feed through to the to the employees. If the if the employees don't have the funds to, to pay that eighty percent, you know how quickly can they get them? And what's the process? Nobody knows yet. Yeah, they're going to have to flesh it out all yeah. in detail. Yeah. Well, I'm hopeful that something's going to be said at Prime Minister's questions today, which will clarify at least some of this stuff. But mm. the trouble is, for an awful lot of people, you know, there are still people out there saying, "Well, hang on a minute. If we're all being told to stay at home, how is it that other people are allowed to travel around freely?" It's a lot quieter in London than it was yesterday, but there's yeah. still quite a few people out there. Yeah, but that's because they're going to work. Yeah. Right, because they can't stay at home, yeah. employ and, and, and employ, and they can't work from home. Mm. That's why. Yeah. If you know, if if you've been told to stay at home uh, by your employer, then uh, whether you're working or not, you won't be going into town. Mm. If your employer told you you've got to come in, then you will be going into town. If if unless you are in a position of being able to self isolate, or you or you rise up and say I'm not coming in anyway, and then we come back to what we were discussing yeah. before. Yeah. But if your employer it's, says we want you to stay at home and we're not paying you because we can't afford to. What yeah. do you do then? Well, you've, ultimately, um, you may well have a right to, to make a claim for lost wages, but, you know, it's going to take... It's, it, by the time that comes on an employment tribunal, if it went that far, you're talking about a year down the line... Yeah, well, we haven't got time for that, though, have no, we? I mean, people not, need to live and they need exactly, to buy the cornflakes. Exactly. It's not a great position. That's why employers and employees need to engage and try and find a resolution that deals with all these issues, mm. including, most fundamentally, getting paid. Sure. Because that's what's on everyone's mind. Exactly right. Philip, appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed. Philip Landau, employment lawyer from Landau Law Solicitors. It's clearly a minefield, this. It's clearly difficult. We'd love to hear from you out there as to what's happening. Uh, we've got a lot of information coming in on Twitter. We've had loads of information from you this week on calls as well. Uh, so please do keep those coming. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's go to the phones, though. David uh, is in London. He's a self-employed handyman. Hi, David. Mike, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Well, could be better. But well, yes. yes. What's, there, what's... Are, there are, there are work, people in worse situations. Sure. What's what's um, your business like at the moment? I follow. I have followed the government advice okay. as of Friday night, and I've stopped working. Okay. Um, I advise all my customers for the next two to three weeks that I probably shouldn't be there. I have type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure. Okay. My wife is a recovering cancer patient and has no thyroid. Well, thyroid, it doesn't work very well. So her temperature could not be controlled by her body should, should she fall ill. So far, myself and 5 million plus self employed have basically been ignored and sidelined by the government in all of this. Mm. I do understand that the 80% give it being potentially given to employees. Clearly, as someone just said, that the HMRC website isn't even working for that at the moment. Um, but we've we've basically been so well, you know, stuff you kind of thing. Mm. Um, for years, we've been told by successive conservative governments, etc., and I am a conservative supporter. I am a member of the Conservative Party. That the self-employed, the entrepreneurs. Oh, a wonderful thing. Margaret yeah. Thatcher champ- championed us all those years ago. And we've basically been told at this moment, well, you can have £94 a week. Right. And the, the mood noise I'm hearing out of the government seems to be that they, they think we're all some kind of Dodge Del Boy characters who are all going to claim as much as we can yeah. and work cash in your hand over this. Over Do you think that's period. why they're, they're kind of reluctant to come out with a plan yeah. then? I, I 100% think that. I 100% think that. I've spoken to um, an MP I'm very, we're very, we are very friendly as a family with, yeah. not our local one. Um, I've spoken to our local, I've been Twitter, tweeting with, um, we're streeting with our local MP who is on the side of this. And we're streeting, and the other MP is Andrew Rossindale, um, are both very concerned that the, the self-employed help has not been announced and that if Parliament closes down today with no announcement regarding the self-employed, there may be no de- agreement for the self-employed. Right. There, there was a Labour amendment to the COVID-19 2020 bill, which was put in. Yes. And Mr Sunak, when he stood up in Parliament yesterday, basically, <laughs> in, in parliamentary terms and language, basically said, well, you know, mm, we're not sure. Mm, they're all, you know, it yeah. sounded like he was saying, oh, they're all a bit dodgy. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, there's something's not quite right here. People, that's five million people, and, me, and many, many of us would have voted for conser- the Conservative government that it was just put in, who have basically been told, well, you're all a bit dodgy. 
nah, we're not going to give you anything. Yeah. And I think and the I problem... Don't understand uh, Well, I mean, they keep saying they're going to give us um, the lowdown on what it is that they're going to do. What I don't understand is why it's taking them so long. That's my problem. I'm hopeful, and I may be a complete idiot here, I'm hopeful that Boris Johnson will announce something during Prime Minister's questions today, because that, it's, that, it's that vital. Well, I, I, am, I am hopeful for it, but um, at this moment, I don't... I, as I say, I, it seems to me that the mood noise coming out of Westminster is... Oh well, you know they're all a bit dodgy. Mm. We know we, we yes we've got their tax returns, but we all know that, that there's a load of cash, but they never declare and this right. that and the other. That may be true for some people, but you cannot tar an entire percentage of the population. No, of course not. Because of a couple of dodgy, do, dodgy trades. Well, also there are plenty of people who are self-employed who, because of the nature of the work that they do and because of how they work, actually pay mm. tax on a PAYE basis anyway because the mm. revenue people have changed a lot of the rules in recent times to make it quite difficult for you to, oh, be, to be a dodgy yeah. uh, sort of Del Boy type. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have an accountant. I spoke, I spoke to my accountant yesterday on this subject. She said that she has heard that there will be something coming out. And when I said, is it this a Labour... I said it, and I, I sent her a screenshot of, of this proposed Labour amendment to the bill. And she said, oh, yeah, that's it. And I went, no, 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 that's a proposed amendment. Yeah. And she went, well, that's what we've had circulated round from our CEO, right. her, the accountancy company she works for. And I said, yeah, but they're, they're misreading that. That's purely a proposed Labour amendment. Yes. And it's not... It may or may not go into the No, bill. I mean, as of right now, we don't have any guidance from the government about what self-employed people will be able to claim. Um, so we need to get that sorted out. And all I can say to you uh, is that I will try and get an answer out of somebody today. Um, and I, if I don't get it today, I'll try and get it tomorrow. And if I don't get it tomorrow, I'll try and get it the next day. But basically, that's what we need. It's people like yourself. And I know, I know how it works with the radio industry as well, that many of you are self-employed yes. or contractors. right. Um, but it's people like yourself that do have the ear of, and the ability to speak directly to the people in power. Yeah. Um, as, as with things, and it is, I, I and I'm sure many others are very grateful that yourself understands the, the, this situation for people in our situation. Yes. Well, I very much do, uh, because I'm one of you, and I will be absolutely pressing them to make sure that they do the right thing. And so, David, listen, uh, I appreciate your call. Um, please, I uh, thank you for your patience as well. Uh, but we need answers from this government on this. I'm not going to bash Boris Johnson, I'm not bashing the government, but I don't understand why they seem to be dragging their heels on this one thing. I mean, they're building a new hospital, for heaven's sake, over in uh, East London, out by City Airport, to make sure that they've got enough sort of bandwidth, if you like, if they need to start putting people into uh, clinical care... So let us please have some answers. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Lots of you want to talk to me. Lots of you will be able to. Uh, here's one from Mara who says, I know COVID-19 is serious, Mike, and people are dying, but with the six-month extension for MOTs, our business can't survive. We only do car MOT tests, and now we'll have six months of no work. We can't sit that out. Well, presumably, you'll have to then apply, if you can, uh, to the government for one of those either grants or business loans or the uh, payment to people who have been sent home because there is no work. And surely there will be a rescue plan if that is the case. But uh, we'll try and get an answer for you on that one, Mara, as well. Let's go to the phones first of all, though. Simon uh, is in Long Eaton, wants to talk about the coronavirus testing situation. Hi, Simon. Hi there. How are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. I'm a bit frustrated like a lot of people. Yes. And don't get me wrong, I totally understand the measures being put in place. Mm. However, I think it's a bit pointless because they're still allowing flights to come in, etc., still allowing people to use Eurostar. Yeah. 
and not testing or quarantining people. Mm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and this may sound a daft statement, surely there's no two-metre distance between people on flights and on the Eurostar, is there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I'm hoping that most businesses now are saying uh, if, you're on a, if you're on a train or if you're on a plane, you have to sit far apart. But I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> there'll be normal passengers, normal everyday passengers. And it just seems a bit bizarre that they're not testing. And my main concern on the testing is because my mother, she's in the category of uh, elderly. She's 70, right. so vulnerable. She came back from Fortaventura last week, okay. which is a high-risk area now. Mm. Wasn't okay. tested at all when, when they came through customs. Has some of the symptoms. Rang uh, her local uh, surgery. Yeah. The practice nurse rang back, says, oh, what's wrong? What can we do? She advised her. She says, well, if things um, don't improve, call 111. If they get really serious, dial 999. Okay. Nothing and... about testing. And that's my main concern. Yeah. Surely... If they tested the vulnerable and elderly, when they've got symptoms, surely a lot of this going into hospital for these people can be avoided. Yes, I think that may well be true. The problem, though, with the testing, Simon, as I keep saying, is that if you test somebody today for uh, coronavirus and it's negative, all that means is they, they're, not, they're not positive today. It doesn't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after. So, I mean, I take your point. Um, and, but, but there isn't really... I mean, if you find somebody is positive... There's nothing they can really do, is there? I know, but as I say, with them being elderly in that, it is a bit concerning by yeah. saying all down nine 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 when potentially that could be too late. Well, no, I get that as well. But I, I, I think I'm, all I can say which, with, with any kind of clarity is that once they get these self-testing kits that tell you whether you've had it, I think that will be a real breakthrough, you know, because then you'll be able to know precisely whether you've got it or you've had it. You know, you'll be able to tell you both things. Yeah. So, anyway, listen, good luck, Simon. I mean, if anybody knows the answer to the questions that we're asking here, for example, if these flights are coming in from places like China and Russia um, and Italy and Iran, you know, are people sitting cheek by jowl? If you've been on a plane recently, let me know, because we need to know this kind of stuff. Peter is in Maida Vale. Uh, he's a restaurant owner. Hi, Peter. Yeah, hi, Mike. How are you hi. doing? Yeah, very well. We spoke a couple of weeks ago. How are you getting on? Well, we closed the Kosh now on Friday, um, you know, the restaurant. OK. Um, we've always had pretty good takeaway business, so I yeah. thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep... Because you do pizzas and, as and stuff, we right? We've always done takeaway, you yeah. know, we do great pastas, pizzas, right. steaks, fish, everything. So I thought, we'll carry on that and see how it goes. And You've actually got honest, some pasta, have you? We've got lots of pasta. Have you? I might come and get some I think the pasta is not going to be a problem. The supply, really, I really don't. Okay. Most of our suppliers still seem to be able to supply mozzarella, everything. Right. So, problem is, has been the lack of take-up. You know, most people, we're in a dense residential area, um, they're just not going out. So I don't, what I don't understand, there's plenty of people walking their dogs and going out, doing that, and, and the government's saying, you know, people need to exercise. So why don't they get off their bums, come down, walk down their three flights, mansion blocks, walk up the road, walk their dog, get some fresh air, pick up a pizza or pick up some food and go back. Right. They're, not, they're not doing it, Mike. They're not going out. So our we've been watching our turnover drop for the past few days. You know, it started out OK and now it's sort of starting to fall. And I'm thinking, you know, am I going to be able to keep open? Yeah, right. So, I mean, I'm going to be talking later on in this hour to Richard Coates, who's a restaurant consultant, um, who's going to be telling me that some of the delivery companies are, are not really uh, playing ball here. They're, they're charging loads and loads of money, like Deliveroo, uh, and uh, I'm not sure if Just Eat is included as well, but they're charging a big commission to deliver the food. 
cartel going on there. Yeah, I mean, you don't use that particular method, I suppose. Well, we have signed up for, for, for Deliveroo, but they haven't, haven't been able to update and get the menus online. So we've got the equipment, but every time we could try and contact them to, to get the menu on, they just don't seem to be able to right. do it. So I guess their staff are probably working from home and, you know, they're having a struggle, as is everybody. But so have you still got people coming in to, to prepare the food? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're you know we're, we're serving, we're doing afternoon, early evening. We're finding out we're only really getting a response between about five o'clock and eight o'clock. Okay. That's the sort of peak, peak time when people are buying stuff. Right. But um, it's dropping, and I'm just um, you know I'm just hoping people get the message that uh, if they want to support businesses for the yes. future, they've got to get out there and um, you know and come around it. to us all. Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. right. Because I think the trouble is, it's going to get the noose is going to get tighter, as it were, over the course of the next week or two, and then we'll I guess we'll have to take stock at that point and see where we are. Because you know the last time you and I spoke, we were a long way away from where we are now. I know, I know. I mean, I know. It's, uh, it's quite de depressing. But I'm trying not to get depressed about it because we all have to just figure a way out of it, really. Can I have a quick, quick chat about something completely different? Go on. Okay, um, the coronavirus. Yeah. Now, I, I don't want to start sort of sounding like I'm, I'm going mad here, but um, cures the coronavirus. Now we're beginning to hear about newer treatments, mm. drugs like remdesivir, you know, and, and chloroquine, all the yeah. derivatives. But I'm a little puzzled as to why this powerful patented antiviral therapy called Draco which was developed and successfully tested several years ago by a guy called Dr. Todd Ryder, mm. his team from MIT. Okay. It's been largely ignored, despite it's got extraordinary potential as a cure for corona and other viruses. Okay. Why is nobody talking about it? All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll start talking about it. We'll find somebody to, to talk about it. And I have never heard of that. So let me uh, look into it, Peter, and, and leave the message with my producer, Marta, and we'll try and figure out uh, if we can get some expert on. Good man, thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. Peter. Appreciate it, and good luck with the restaurant. If you live in Maiden Vale, uh, go and see him because he makes some very good pizza. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Uh, Prime Minister's questions is still ongoing. Jeremy Corbyn is back uh, at the dispatch box, but we'll come back to that a little bit later on because now at twelve thirty, we're going to do what we did yesterday, uh, which is do our homeschooling segment here on Talk Radio because so many parents are currently homeschooling their own children. Some of them have been in touch with us to say anything you can do to give us ideas, anything you can do uh, to help us with anything, and if. If you've got particular queries and particular subjects you want to talk about, uh, by all means, do let us know. You can tweet us at Talk Radio. Today, I tell you what, we have, we have, we have really hit the high bar because we have got Carol Vorderman, the fabulous Carol Vorderman, uh, to come along and talk to us through uh, maths because she is, of course, a maths genius. She also happens to run something called the mathsfactor.com. So if you've got children aged 4 to 11 and they want to do some interesting games, they want to play uh, and do some challenges, this is the place to go. Carol, a very, very good afternoon to you. Hello. Thank I, you. I'm glad I'm welcomed into the independent well, republic. Listen, that's, a, that's a great honour for me. It, well, it's, you get honorary membership for life as well, which is which do is I? very you do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course. Wow. Of I'm course. Make a sticker all for myself. <laughs> now here's the out thing. Of a, out of an old dry beater and a bit of butter. Well, you know, don't joke about that because that's what we're all going to be doing in about a month's time. <laughs> I mean, you'll be wearing dry beater, I think, to go out. You know. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I put a load of shirts in the dry cleaners the other day. I've no idea if I'm ever going to see them again. <laughs> You know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But but listen, you're doing a great thing because the mathsfactor.com yeah. has literally signed on, I think, what, is it a million new, new uh, users no, in the past no, no, year no, or no. something? No, we are trying to sign on. That's about that many trying to come on. Right. We've managed... Uh, we're So this is a website. This is an, a whole sort of one-stop math school, really, right. um, that I set up when I left Countdown about 10 years mm. ago. And I sold it to Pearson, PLC, who's the world's biggest learning company based in London right. and uh, they own Edexcel, the exam board and all of that kind of thing. And uh, 
between us, we've developed it to what it is today. Now, normally, we're at a subscription site, £2 a week, yeah. and about that. And we've, I've taught probably 100,000 children over the years, and they have done brilliantly on it. If they stay with us for a year, they advance two, and a half, two to two and a half years in school and right. all of this kind of thing, right? So we know what we're doing. It's all there, and it's all set up. So I asked the bosses at Pearson, and I'm, I'm mentioning them because I think companies who are doing good yes, should be mentioned. Yes, absolutely. Quite honestly. Yeah, of course. And I really, really do. And uh, I said to them, you know, it's likely that schools are going to be closed. This was a couple of weeks ago. It's right. just a matter of when. When that happens, and all these wonderful parents and all their lovely children who they worship and adore and love and want the best for are at home, can we make the mass factor free? to everyone we know how great it is we know that we teach the children well we know that it, it's a safety zone it's structured parents won't have to worry and about it's fun things. as well isn't it uh, oh and it's fun as well but this is you know and people will know that when they go on and we can we know it's the, the perfect solution for what is available you know for what people have to do now and they very kindly instead of saying oh, no, we're going to hike it up to five quid a week right. or whatever. They said, no, we're going to make it free to everybody, and I think they need to be applauded. That's great. That is absolutely I brilliant. I really, really do, Mike. I think it's very important that that's remembered in yes. the future. So we went uh, free from Monday. Obviously, our subscribers are now getting it free as well, our normal people who are with us. Um, but uh, so if you imagine that the mass factor is... Uh, like a football. Right. So once the children are registered, they come in a sort of back door to this bit of the computer. So that we've now had 50,000 sign up in 24 hours, and they're now all happily working. But mm. we have this sort of registration funnel uh, that we have to get people through. So we know that hundreds of thousands are trying to join us, and by this evening, our techies are working on it now, that we will have this new thing coming. So please don't go on now. Please come on this evening and okay. we can get all new registration. And what is and the... Auntie Carol will yeah, look after you. Excellent. And what is, and what is the secret? To, because a lot of parents are, for the first time, having to look after their kids. Yeah. You know, they thought they didn't have to see them between the hours of kind of 8.30 and 3.30, <laughs> and suddenly they're going, what are we going to do? I mean, is, is it? Would you, would you suggest that they should sort of do a bit of maths in the morning, maybe for an hour, whether it's even it's, if it's on your site or not on your site, and then maybe yeah, move think... on to something? Should they structure it like a kind of like a school day? on the age, yeah. to be honest. Uh, I'm talking about primary age children yes. now. That, that's our speciality. So um, I would say the most important thing is be calm, mm. right, as much as you can. You've got other things to worry about, jobs, mortgages, the whole sorts of, you know, right. sorts of things that you're talking about for the rest of the programme. So first of all, be calm. Um, you know, schools are set up with massive education budgets to teach your children. You can't possibly replicate that in an instant in the circumstances that we're in. So, so give yourself a break yeah. there for a start. Start to try out a few things. Wonderful Joe Wicks is doing brilliantly at 9 o'clock. I think that's great because it gets oxygen into the brain and yeah. all of that. That's fantastic. He's had a, about 4 million viewers, I think, he had the first day, which is incredible. Yeah, I know. It's, and it's wonderful, and it's making all of us who are, you know, sitting at home be connected with other people. And, yes. and also it's great that parents are doing things for their children. So I think that is wonderful. Mm. And then over the course of this week and next, find the things that work for you. That's what I would say. Yes. So yeah. don't think, oh, I've got to get it all right. I've got to be a perfect teacher by tomorrow. You don't. 
okay? You don't. You're going to mm. try your best. So do it gently. I honestly would recommend the mass practice, as well as other things. I mean, you know, by all means, go and try other things. But this is structured and this is... Yeah. And know, will they, so if they go on there, can they... Think about what's their next bit of learning. You know, right. they might be on their eight times table now, but in a week's time they might be on something else. You don't know what that something else is. Mm. And, so, I mean, there's lots of do. other electronic sort of curriculums that they can look at. My, I've got a 15-year-old son who's bizarrely disappointed that he's not doing his GCSEs because he thought he could do better in the, the real ones yeah, than he did the in, in the mocks, yeah. right? And I asked him to come up with a question for you, and the question he's come up with for you oh, yeah. is so complicated I don't actually understand it. <laughs> I can't so, no, he wants to know. He's trying to work out what uh, what is the answer to this question he had on the mock, and okay, what and it is what is sixty two. Sorry, what what is sixty four to the power of minus two thirds? Oh right, okay. So we're talking what they call thirds now. Yeah, I've, I yeah. discovered this so, word uh, this year earlier on when I was doing some revision with him. I'd never heard yeah. of it. No, well, I can't really explain that over the radio. <laughs> it would be too complicated. Yeah, I can I never imagine. want to go, what is she talking about? And right. then a hundred people or a thousand people go, no, yeah. she got that wrong because they didn't quite understand what But do you know about. what it made me think? Those I mean... things are... that Those are the things... I mean, we don't quite go to the, to the minus power, but those are the things that we, I... To, because every day a child, primary age, has a car, anti-carol video that warm up simple sums right. and then uh, a practice of that very particular sliver of maths that they're learning and it's all there and there are games and they win it and they print certificates out and i teach there are hundreds of videos where i teach the parents what to do as well yes so it's all in there we just need to get as many people registered yeah. over the next because I, I mean, I'm actually, I, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this to, to Carol Vorderman. I'm actually quite yeah. good at maths, generally speaking, right? But yeah. some of the stuff they're doing did now. You, did you puff your chest out then? I did, actually, yeah. Well, yeah, my, my, it's it. permanently puffed out my chest. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so is the rest of me. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I did, you know, GCSEs, O levels as they were then yeah. in maths. And I mean, as much as we all joke about how, you know, we didn't really remember much of the algebra, but we managed to pass yeah. it, it seems very much more difficult now. Um, I don't think it is diff more no? difficult. I mean, no, no. When the GCSE career, they took calculus away and yeah. all sorts of different things. Um, there is a lot of fiddling that goes on mm. in terms of, uh, I don't mean cheating by that, but fiddling with what we call algorithms, yes. the methods of getting to an answer. Right. The answers, of course, remain the same because math is a language. It's not a subject, it's a language. So, you know, however you get to the answer, if the answer's correct, the answer's correct, and that's one of the beauties of mathematics. But uh, in education, there's a lot of sort of, no, we're going to teach this algorithm, yeah. this way of doing subtraction. Uh, la, la, la. So we've got the most up-to-date stuff on the site. Um, uh, but, it, you know, it doesn't help when, um, I mean, it's a different subject for a different time maybe, but when uh, the education system says, oh, no, we're not going to do it that way anymore. Yes. And then and th th this happened about 10 years or so ago, and suddenly there were new methods mm. that came in. Um, for sub basic subtraction, for instance. And, of course, the parents then can't help at home because they don't know how to do that. No, exactly. So uh, we teach the parents as well, so it's all on there. Well, it's um, brilliant. Well, Carol, yeah, listen... Well, I mean, you know, and, and, again, thank you to Pearson, one of the companies that are stumping up and doing the right, right. thing. 
So um, definitely. And what are you? And are you? Are you sort of at home at the moment? You staying I'm home? I'm at home with my son. Right. He's 23, so he he was about to graduate. Who knows what will happen? Um, uh, from university here, we we live in Bristol. And he's at university right. at uh, what's called University of West of England. So, okay. Yeah. So you're coping okay? You sound happy enough. I'm happy enough. We're allowed our walk, and we always have a walk together anyway, so right. we'll, we'll have that this afternoon. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I just think, I, I, I think I'm so lucky. I have been through very hard times in my life. I grew up very, a very poor uh, kid, single-parent family, la-la-la-la, free school meals and all that, and mm. then progressed through various things. And so I've, I've experienced what a lot of people are going through and the worries about things sure. and so on. But I, but I honestly, I am so grateful, and I always am very grateful for what I have now and the life that I have now. So, sure. but, but that doesn't mean to say that uh, I'm not, you know, sympathetic. I really, I care yes. that everybody gets through this as best. I think I think we all do. I think we're all becoming slightly yeah. better at that, which I is no bad so. thing. I mean, there is, you know, if you. You read the bad stories, but I think mm. it's it's good to hear the good stories. I think we all need that. Yes. Um, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. Carol, listen, brilliant to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll tell people to not go on it now, but to go on themathsfactor.com tonight um, when uh, when things are a bit quieter. Yeah, all right then. Brilliant. Thanks, Carol. Carol Vorderman there uh, with a little maths lesson. Uh, Surds, yeah, that was the word that I had not ever heard of before. I have no idea what it is. I don't know what it does. I have no idea what the point of it is. Uh, but my son, uh, who is 15, uh, does that absolutely every single week, week in, week out. Um, I, can't bother, I can't give you an answer, by the way, and I know he's listening at the moment. I can't give you an answer to that particular uh, problem. But we'll see whether we can figure it out at some point. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.